Warheads, and welcome to the League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And I'm Mark. Uh, today we are talking about the Cryo Phoenix Anivia, who was released July 10th, 2009. Very early on. Yeah. yeah real old. Got a lot of old champions in a row. Maybe that's why their lore is so short and bad. No. Oh. Oh. oh, that was harsh. <laughs> it's not bad. It's lackluster. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are going to learn very little fact about Anivia because <laughs> not only is she an old champion, but she is also very old in the lore of League of Legends. She is a demigod who has existed for a very, very long time. And there's not a lot of solid fact known about her, just a bunch of legends that have been passed down through the ages. Oh, this sounds familiar. Hey, who, yeah. who fucking called it? Who fucking called it? It is so... <laughs> It is so apropos oh. that Amivia is right after Amumu, because, right. man, this shit's going to get old quick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. Maybe, you know what, maybe this is the exception that proves the rule and the rest will be great, right? Who knows? <laughs> That's true. I mean, we do have some, some exciting ones coming up, so uh, I think both Annie and Ash are soon, and I know they've got a lot of lore around them, so it's exciting. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime... <laughs> <laughs> so, Anivia is a demigod. She basically rules over the Freljord. They're not rules over, but that's her dominion, basically. She keeps it nice and chilled there and kind of protects the inhabitants. Um, she was there before humans even existed there. When the first humans came, she protected them. They couldn't really handle the cold, so she led them to, you know, valleys and places where they could keep a little warmer and basically tried to help them grow into good and contributing members of the world. Unfortunately, over time, infighting began between the clans there, which kind of invited invaders from outside of Freljord to come and, you know, do what invaders do and just take their shit. There are a few legends around such people. One of the legends is about, you know, a, a mad king who came and decided to try and take over Anivia's dominion, so she just fucking froze him and his entire army, just cause. Yes, it snowed for a hundred years and a day. Yep. Yeah. I like that little line. That's a neat little detail. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. It just felt like something they thought would sound cool. It did. It, well, they it were did. right. I mean, they, you know. <laughs> it worked on me. <laughs> Now, it's said that as long as the Freljord exists, Anivia cannot die. When she dies, she will be reborn again, eventually. Unless uh, uh, her passive is down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, which maybe in, in, in game canon is, that means Freljord's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Every time her passive is down, Freljord has disappeared. Oh, no. But it's also said that when she does revive, it's usually a, it's a harbinger of a new era, and she's usually reviving to face off against some giant threat. So while seeing her is, on the one hand, like, a, oh, yay, Anivia's here to protect us. It's also sometimes like, oh, shit, what's about to happen? <laughs> and she recently, it's said, appeared to the War Mother Ash, which has got everybody thinking, oh, shit, <laughs> now what's going to happen? Yeah. It is also said that and, and this was kind of intriguing to me because it says she's very strong. She, When she's upset, she can cleave mountains in half. 
It's said that she once faced off against a herd of bale striders, but since she knew that she wouldn't be able to defeat them, she just dived into the ice and entombed them instead. Which got me real curious if she can cleave mountains in half, what's the deal with bale striders? So I did look into bale striders a little bit oh, okay. to figure out why the hell they were so strong. Yeah, I was familiar with these because they are Legends of Runeterra cards. That's the first I'd ever encountered them. I'd never heard of them. Apparently, actually, the turrets in the Howling Abyss are actually statues of bale striders. Yeah. Oh. Well, now I really got to look at them. They're no. not. I think the pictures are probably a better represent. They're 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 a depiction of, a bail, of the bale strider. Yeah. You don't get a great idea from them, but they're supposed to be kind of these giant giant giraffe like style creatures, like huge long legs, long neck, uh, with a big cyclopic blue eye in the middle, and a mane that's kind of made from what looks like human appendages. <laughs> Like arms. Uh, are they horrifying? Because the visual yes. in my head. Okay. Yeah. Apparently they used to be not horrifying, but have been corrupted over time. <laughs> oh, of course. Things yeah. just get corrupted in Runeterra, as they we do. know. Yeah. It's, man, it's a shitty place to live in general, but the Freljord <laughs> is especially shitty. It's cold yeah. there. It's cold. You got Bale Striders. Yeah. yeah, aside from her bio, Anivia is listed to have two short stories in the universe page. <laughs> She's in one of them for about a paragraph, and yep. that's yeah. it. And then the other short story, just not even in it. No, they mentioned something called True Ice, which in her bio they say she created True Ice. I already forget what that was. Yeah, so True Ice is kind of... It's supposed to be her her big gift to Freljordians and the Averosans and the people who live in the Freljord, but it is magical ice, which is a source of great magical power. Um, it never melts, according to Anivia's bio. It's <laughs> one of the several contradictions that are in the orange short story that That's she's true. in, but we'll get to those in a minute. Uh, it never melts um, and is supposed to kind of give great power to anyone who can wield it uh, because people who try to wield it who aren't worthy uh, just kind of go ahead and die. Oh. Is it is it that? I thought it was specifically that it, you know, it, it, uh, it gives off a shit ton of cold, but if you're iceborne specifically, you can wield true ice without it affecting you. Oh. That's okay. how I what I thought it was. You know, like Ash, Sejuani, and they have like weapons that are made of true ice and even just having a yeah. chip of it like forged in is like a it's a power core almost for a weapon and turns into something other yeah and even them too like they kind of have to work up to it like i know ash couldn't wield true ice for a while until kind of put into one of those like life-threatening situations where she just happened to find a true ice weapon near her and was like, all right, now I can wield it. <laughs> Interesting. So there's like a certain element of having to be worthy enough and be an iceborne. That's interesting because I didn't, I assume you're, that's from the War Mother comic. Yeah. See, I, I only, I didn't read it. I skimmed a little bit because there was like no Anivia in it. And, and whereas the, the Zed <laughs> and Shen comic had a Kali in it, this one's like, there's a, there is a panel where there's a picture of Anivia and I wasn't even sure if it was literally her or just they mentioned the old gods <laughs> yeah yeah and that was um, her role in that story yeah my so my reading of, of the the iceborne and true ice was that just that almost like a hereditary thing where you've got these iceborne from way back at the start with the original war of the three sisters and now they're just some descendants that you'll find every now and then but 
the warm weather thing is probably more accurate. Like you said, you got to prove yourself worthy or what the fuck ever, you know? <laughs> I'm curious. I'm going to look this up real quick too. Yeah. So I, I cause I, I thought I remembered that Trundle also has a, a true yes. ice weapon. That's true. Yeah. His club huh. as it is now. Yeah. Yeah, right. that was the um, the Legend of the Frozen Watchers. It was mostly about Lysandra and her two sisters. They're the three sisters, right? That's yeah. always talked about? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a, a while. So I don't really want to talk too much about that. But that's what that was about. It was about Lysandra. It really wasn't about... Yeah, you Anivia. really got yeah. nothing for Nivia in that one. <laughs> yeah. So how, about, yep. how do we feel about her bio before we move on? Um... It's the first time I've seen italics used in a bio for emphasis, um, not used <laughs> for like a, a weird. I love how you have a note about that. <laughs> it, it, I, I didn't like it. I really didn't oh. like it because bios are so generally like they're so third party. Just this is what's going on. This is what happened for the most part. Mm-hmm. Even when they're telling you about legends, it's from an objective perspective. Having this weird emphasis where it, I think the line was. Oh, if Anivia has been alive for millions of years, she must have seen countless civilizations. <laughs> I, I know that. I, I get it. I don't need. It felt really weird in our place. It, it, I don't know. That's so much that I made a note about it. Um, I don't know. Aside from that, I I think that she doesn't have because she has so little lore. Like Amumu, his bio kind of had some of the same things going on, but then we had a really strong story to cement how he exists in the minds of the people who live there. And Anivia yeah. likes that. Yeah, she's definitely missing that very vital component to help you actually connect with who she is. Yeah, I agree. I think a good short story that would have been a nice follow-up is something maybe from Ash's point of view, her connecting with Anivia. That could have been really interesting. Or even Anivia's point of view, her meeting Ash. Because we do get at the end of her bio that she's returned. She exists. So Amumu is very much just a ghost story, and he has stayed that. And I think it works. But for Anivia, I don't know why they just didn't continue the bio beyond her returning. I think it would have been way more interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. I, I don't know. I, it feels it feels as though so much of Anivia is just about the frail yord and understanding the context of the three sisters, and just she's almost. Gosh, I, I almost want to say she's just an accessory to Ash, in that she's just there to kind of help have Ash be very clearly a leader of this, you know, the Averosans, this tribe. Yeah. I, I don't know. She's just a facilitator. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, which I'd be okay with if they, I don't know, just gave it a little bit more meat somehow, I suppose. Yeah. And I think another weird thing about it is that, I mean, there are there are two points in, like, Anivia's bio is short, but it still has two points in it that are immediately contradicted in the other short story that they provide us that she's a part of. <laughs> Yeah, so the other short story is called The Lost Tales of Orn. It was written by Matt Dunn. It is, as you could guess by the title, about Orn, mostly. Um, Orn is Anivia's brother, apparently. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, so we get a little paragraph of him interacting with her, and that's the only time she's in it. I actually didn't even read the rest of the short story, because I'm like, we're not doing Orn this week. I skimmed to see if she showed up again, but she obviously doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah. So in... Anivia's bio, it is said that the, the legend about the snow in the Freljord is that when she cast her, when she was born from her, you know, egg, basically her ice egg, the 
pieces of the egg flew into the sky and they rain down snow to this day. Um, in the Orange Short story, we get a different history of the snow in the Freljord, much more kind of convoluted, but basically just Orn was trying to build a build his home in a mountain and have a forge there. It was too hot, so he dug a trench that led to the water, which caused a bunch of steam, and the steam going into the sky cooling is caused snow and that's why it snows there <laughs> another kind of piece is that they very specifically said in Anivia's bio that true ice doesn't melt that was kind of its its big thing just unmelting ice and another thing they say in the orange story that she's a part of is that a troll king played a trick on Orn by basically challenging him to a competition to see who could drink a cask of alcohol the fastest and when Orn wasn't looking he slipped a shard of true ice into Orn's and so when Orn was drinking the true ice was constantly melting and refilling the jar of alcohol so we could never get through it oh weird yeah what I can maybe I can maybe get past the snow thing because in Anivia's bio it sounds like that's a myth people came up with about how snow exists and you know things like that become legend and aren't necessarily true and in Orin's story it's like maybe we're seeing how snow really was created but the true ice doesn't make any sense at all well true ice is a pretty rare thing I, I think most people who would tell these stories including because this is all being told from the perspective of a young woman right who's a, a member of a a tribe um, she probably never interacted with true ice she probably has only ever been told this story about Orin and it melts so as far as she and everyone who kind of roams with her probably knows yeah true ice melts remember that time Orn? you know and whereas you know it's interesting because you didn't read the Orn story but at the very end they mentioned this idea of this group of people this tribe called the hearth blood which the the speaker is which were this group of tribe that Orn, this group of people that Orn gathered up and protected and kind of fostered so the way i kind of read this it's interesting you, you bring up all the the contradictions because they seem i would say they're intentional and it's to kind of show this idea of how these legends are different between these various tribes, even ones that aren't necessarily opposed, like the Hearthblood and, you know, their descendants and whoever it is that, I guess maybe the Avarosa, you might say, maybe the descendants of those those idiots who wandered <laughs> up into the Freljord that Anivia saved. And so they just kind of have created these offshoots and the contradictions are just there to kind of highlight that because that's what the Freljord is all about, is tribal conflict and war and, all that, and just people constantly being at odds with each other in that way. No, that makes sense. Does that seem reasonable? I can yeah. get behind that. I would still like some answers, but... <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I suppose... <laughs> It'll do. You know what? I shouldn't be writing it for him. I, I'm, I should not be sitting here <laughs> filling these blanks in for him. Um, They're nodding, taking notes. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we planned all along, just like the writers of Lost. Yeah. Oh, um, no. I, I liked this little visual in my head of Anivia because the, the thing is that or did you talk about like where specifically specifically oh, yeah, we she gets about that yet. yeah what? why don't you go through that real quick her actual like part in orange yeah we, we've just been talking about orange oh yeah <laughs> so her her part in orange lore was that Orin built a giant palace for himself as as large as I think it said like two two whole like valleys and in doing so, he built it out of wood, 
and he had accidentally, I guess, chopped down Anivia's favorite nesting tree in order to build it. So she was not happy about that. So she's like, I'm going to prank this dude real good. So she flew into his window while he was sleeping and then tickled his nose with one of her feathers, which caused him to sneeze. But, you know, he sneezes fire because he's got a bellows in his belly. So he sneezed fire, which caused his house to catch on fire. And Great prank, Anivia. Yeah, it was a good one. And then she tried to help put it out by like beating her wings, but that just fanned the flames and <laughs> made it go up even faster. So that's you, Anivia. Yeah. Good job, Anivia. I guess she's a little sister, yeah? I don't know. I don't, I don't know which is older. Little? I think yeah. the first line in Orn's story, that story is that he's the oldest of the oh. siblings. Oh, does it? Oh. I thought so. Interesting. He did apparently create the Freljord by just beating it Fighting up the earth, yeah <laughs> oh yeah he did beat it up yeah interesting story can't wait to get to orn <laughs> right orn orn is so much like it's i mean it's to be fair he's i mean we said it at the very start this she was released in 2000 like 2009 man like oh, orn is a much yeah. newer anivia yeah orn much newer champion he's the same core idea really but just you know he's he's got more love and more attention paid to him and it it Sells much better. Wasn't he one of I Greg's champions from player support? I'm pretty sure that know. I'm pretty sure that was one of his concepts. I'm, I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. So, hmm. um, I did like I liked the the image I had in my head of of Anivia in almost like SpongeBob getting paint on Mr. Krabs' first <laughs> dollar, just making the situation worse and worse and worse in a very slapstick, almost absurdist comedy. Like she cools it all down and turns around, and it's just. The, the ice is on fire or just some crazy shit obviously that's not what's here but because she, she's so dignified i do like the idea that anivia is like the spongebob of the framework <laughs> <laughs> which definitely is like counter to what is in her bio for sure but i think the little the little video they had like of her for the trailer for um god what skin was it the the was it the mardi gras skin festival queen yeah. festival queen that the little short video that she's in with that like that's the vibe i got from that for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that i love anything that has the minions doing cute things yeah <laughs> i don't think i saw that oh she like flies in and then beats her wings and then all the minions turned into like the festival minions and then she makes them all dance and then flies away and then oh. the minions are cute and they make little boppy noises when they hit each other. Cute. It's pretty cute. Good. <laughs> well, yeah, not not too much about Anivia in that. Um, did y'all look at all into anything with Nunu? Because she does get a, a mention, a little bit of meat in, in Nunu's bio, I think it is. Or it could be his story. It's called Frozen Hearts by David Slagle. Slagle? Yeah, I did look a little bit into that. Uh, did you want to give the... I didn't actually take any notes on that one, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not much. Um, so Nunu is from a tribe called the the Notai, N-O-T-A-I, the Notai tribe. They don't wear ties, but they are <laughs> mentioned in Anivia's lore or bio as being like one of those tribes who was telling. One, I think they told the, the story about how how she created snow. So there's a link there, and mm-hmm. it's essentially a, a the bit about Anivia is a conversation between Nunu and his mother, and she's talking about kind of what Anivia represents for that tribe, and it seems like she's 
almost like a patron of that tribe very specifically and that they've been they're like wandering merchants and entertainers you know very bards in that traditional sense and uh they see anivia as having almost almost tasked them with going forth and you know bringing joy and pursuing their passions and having this level of freedom that you might associate with a bird you know um (laughs) that's not that's about it like there's i got three notes here and that's that's all of them but it's at the very least, it's like the tiniest spark of, okay, you can see how someone who is a regular person sees Anivia in a way that's not just, she's a big god that I is you know I should be fearful of, right? Yeah. Her VO sounds really weird compared to what she is, right? Because she just sounds like a lady. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Uh, Reverb lady? Not even. No. I, that's why I was, I was listening to... Oh, I would have to listen uh, to it. What, her audio? Yeah, her her lines, her Black um, Frost one and her Cosmic one have some some reverb, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think thought they she sounded sounds better. like a she just sounds like a lady. Yeah, I remember. It just reads very strange. She's the first champion that we're getting so far that I regularly play. <laughs> just exciting. Yeah, I like I like the change in VO between the Black Frost and the regular one. She gets way more, way more vengeful god in the Black Real Frost aggro. version. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Bifrost is an interesting little skin line where it's the idea that Lysandra's one, right? That all of the Freljord is being, cor- speaking of being corrupted, all of it's being corrupted by the, the Void and whatnot. Is that the basic idea of it? You know, I actually didn't know, but that sounds right. I, oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure that is. Because um, that's what all of her, her VO <laughs> That's very Lysandra. Yeah. Meaning girl. in every snowflake. Yeah, it's an idiot. <laughs> she just sounds like a lady. Think yeah, one it's. Lifetime. Do they have Black Frost in there? Yeah. Oh, they got them all. The cycle ends here. <laughs> I think I only play Black Frost, and I just assumed Sorry. that was her base VO. <laughs> I, I got a text at the same time, and my text is a Heimerdinger sound, so that was a great mix of. <laughs> the abyss speaks through me. Yeah. It's very uh, very Protoss from Starcraft. Yeah, it is. Should we talk about the Freljord at all? At all, this is our first one from there. That's I true. think so. Yeah, because we're going to be getting to it pretty soon. Yeah, really and soon I th- with Ash. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have a lot Ash more to talk got- about with Ash. Yeah, she's going to have a lot more of her own lore. That yeah, we probably won't that's, have the time true. to dig into so, the Freljord. So, someone uh, educate me on the Freylord. Fre- yeah, close enough. Well, can I ask? Freylord? Because I. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Well, I, I, can I ask what do you know of it? You know, having read through Anivia's lore and some of those other stories, like um, it's cold there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's a- true. Ash is there. That's all I, mean, I got. You're, you're two for two. <laughs> yeah. uh, Howling abyss. I remember uh, Brom. Yeah, I, I was curious if you would dig it all into this because the Howling Abyss is so central to the Freljord, and we that's true. We, we, we play have. there constantly. That's eh, yeah, fine. We, we, we live on the on the abyss of Howling. <laughs> so you said that there was um, a lot of tribes. That's kind of what they're about, and they're a lot of infighting. Is that what their deal is? Yeah, yeah. a lot of separation yeah. into tribes, even before the whole, even before Ash Sejuani and Lysandra. Um, you know, did they all kind of lead their own? The the olden day sisters were Avarosa, Cyrilda, and also Lysandra. Lysandra, <laughs> also yeah. Lysandra. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so they had a they had a big war up there. Um, that of course, you know, <laughs> threatened to shatter everything. Um, and and that was between Lysandra and the other two. Yeah. Okay. And that is what said caused the near constant winter of the Freljord. Oh. oh, really? That that warring? Oh, is that in Nivia's bio where she talks about how the infighting and and whatnot is? Uh, that one's actually in the, in the Freljord bio. Okay, yeah, I I, I, keep, I lost track of what was in the the little Freljord blurb on the universe. Um, yeah, I mean the the big thing to know about the Freljord is is the Watchers. I guess I would say that's kind of the big to do there. Um, does that does that ring any bells for you, Rebecca? Watchers, does that? Um, strike no. any chords? Only, only due to that one story, the legend of the Frozen Watchers, which was on a Nivea's page that had nothing to do with Nivea. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, um, I mean, so so Watchers are, I mean, they're they're like the big bad for Rune Terra, right? Would you say, John? Does that line up? Yeah, these guys were kind of, they're Reapers. If you're familiar with Mass Effect at all. Yes. Yeah. That was a great um, analogy. Thank you. Okay. It's there. it's exactly what they are. They're the reason that Lysandra has a lot of the power that she does, um, kind of by making deals with them in the first place, mm. um, which, you know, come with the same twisted price that you would expect by making deals with anyone that's capable of giving you power. So the Watchers, are they like demons, gods, what kind they of... Are, they are void entities, but they are a class above anything that like we see in game, they are described as ruling over every other void being. So these are, I guess you would, they're probably the closest thing to a, a god. Yeah, void. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So they're like the gods of the void. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, is big, it canon that Rise has fought one of them? I I would assume so. And you're talking, I think that, that Rise to Power or Call to Power cinematic, I think yeah. that is indeed a Watcher. Uh, I would probably need to double check it's strange so the thing about watchers and going back to bale striders from way back at the start of this conversation is the reason the bale striders look like the shit on the howling abyss is that the bale striders use the original watcher uh concepts and so a lot of the things that were that were watchers at one point are now bale striders or depictions of them like Mm -hmm. do you remember do you remember a constellation john that they showed at one point that was a, a watcher constellation does that sound at all familiar? Oh, I don't remember man, the context. Yeah. Well, that's a Bale Strider constellation now. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it seems like it's a Watcher, but it's not. But yeah. Yeah, there have been a few iterations, I think, of what they wanted to do with Watchers and then kind of changed their mind on, too. Because I remember at some point, Velkaz was going to be one of the first Watchers, <laughs> and then they kind of with like, big eye. <laughs> pivoted on that Yeah, one. right. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that they do have big-ass eyes, the, the Watchers, that we see depicted um so he's kind of looks like one i guess so there are visual depictions of watchers that they've settled on Uh, it's really vague because okay so i guess we should get into the facts right the facts are that way in ancient freljord this is probably one of the oldest stories in runeterra you've got the three sisters uh you mentioned them before cerilda avarosa lissandra now they all they all worked for the watchers now the watchers kind of exerted influence from the void they weren't in our i say our weren't in the Runeterran universe yet, but just even with how powerful they were, they were just kind of influencing them and getting these, trying to get them to create an empire to conquer and prepare the world for them to come in and destroy it. Eventually led into the, that big war between Cyrilda and Avarosa versus Lysandra. And at the, the climax, 
the Watchers show up. And they actually, in that Frozen Watchers tale, I did like how they described the Watchers um, coming into reality and kind of forcing themselves to adapt to this just, it's an entirely different universe. And I think they did talk about linearity and just all sorts of things that kind of give you enough rope to let your imagination run wild. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so in that climax kind of happening, Lysandra sees what's going on and says, oh, fuck, I'm back to the wrong fucking horse because she realizes <laughs> that they're going to destroy everything. And she casts this magic spell into the Howling Abyss bridge that seals the Watchers and tries down at the bottom of the abyss, but also causes the bridge to not be permanent anymore and will eventually, at some random time when they need it, finally break and the watchers will come out it's a wonderful clicking uh, click oh my god i'm never gonna fucking clicking talk ticking clock jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) it is a wonderful ticking clock for them to have where there's no hard deadline i'll cut all that don't Uh, worry you're gonna sound real good (laughs) perfect yeah because i sound so clear normally Uh, but yeah so that's the big deal with the watchers is that they are they exist in the universe and they are frozen down at the abyss, and Lysandra and the Frost Guard kind of keep a vigil. So there are a few art shots that show the Watchers, or at least like very, very, very vague depictions of them. And most of the time, it's just a massive eyeball, very similar to like a really big Velkaz, and similar to that Rise cinematic. So I think that is a Watcher. But so Freylord now has three new sisters. Is that the thing? Ash, Sejuani, and who's the third? Oh, it's still Lysandra. Oh! Lysandra. She's, still, she's still chilling. Okay, so yeah. they're not actually sisters. The... No, and Ash and, no. Ash and Sejuani aren't technically really sisters either. Okay. They're just, mm-hmm. uh, what is it called? Um, battle, battle sisters, I think it's called. Frenemies? They like they they made a vow. They grew up together and mm-hmm. made a vow to be. I think it was called battle sisters. But sure. Like yeah. adopted sisters, probably, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but they, yeah, so, they disagree. Yeah, they disagree on that. Yeah. Uh, Ash is very much like, we should protect the weak, and Sejuani is very much, if the weak can't protect themselves, they don't deserve to live. So it's Cobra Kai. We're watching Cobra <laughs> Kai right now. It's literally just Cobra Kai versus Miyagi Go. <laughs> yeah. Got it. <laughs> but in ice. But in ice. But really fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's anything else about the Frey Lord. I mean, that's mostly it. That's like the big context is that that's where what will probably be the eventual final boss of Runeterra if it ever comes. It'll, it'll never happen because why would you know what the fuck do you do after that? Um, but that's where it sits. You know, I hmm. think I think that's I think that's it. Um, we Niviad. We could be a shorter episode. It's okay. So goddamn hard. Yeah. <laughs> I like the word Cryo Phoenix. That's, that was the first note I wrote was cryophoenix is a neat word. Maybe so the I best like part that. of her lore. <laughs> it might be, honestly. Harsh. So do we hope that uh, they add more to Anivia's story? I'd like to see what she does with Ash, personally. Yeah, I'd just like to see a story about Anivia. Like. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like this kind of is the idea of Anivia coming back is foreshadowing the idea that the Watchers, it's a, it's their time to break free now. Um, yeah. I don't know if Riot will ever tell that story. Like you said, it's hard to know what to do after that, but... Yeah, and it's an interesting bit, too, when, when you actually go play Arams on the Howling Abyss. Like, the bridge is falling apart the whole time that you're playing on it, which is neat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So we're, we got to be close. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to tie it to some kind of release or some giant event. I assume they will. Probably. We haven't had a Void event. That's That would true. be so and dope. My oh, favorite. my God. Unleash yeah. the Watchers, Riot. Oh, man. What oh, if it was like... Unleash the Watchers. <laughs> What if it's like if you played games, you could you could sign. You remember in the because you remember when they did the the small Freljord event. This was like one of the first times they did a, a lore region event, and you could pick one of the tribes. Yeah. And depending on like how many players like won with the the summoner icon, it would like ooh, this tribe won. Not that it had any effect on the lore, but yeah. imagine yeah. if you did that shit and you could like pick a side for the Watchers or not the Watchers. Watcher. I don't know something, some shit like that, something. Yeah. And that's when Howling Abyss got added to the game. When yes. they, when they yeah. changed the tutorial map to an actual playable map. <laughs> an actual factual map tool. <laughs> it's hard to remember ARAM before it now, you know? It, uh, well, it is weird to think about it in the context of this used to just, like, people would just go make custom games. It, yeah. It's, it's so interesting. And it was just a, yeah. a code of honor. Where it's yeah. like, I, you I won't go jungle. Into the jungle. I won't go jungle. God damn it. <laughs> All right, that's it. Fuck it. Go get Baron right now. Did you Fuck heal? Guys. Fuck. <laughs> no healing. All right. I think we're good. Yeah? We good? Yeah. Yep. This egg is cooked. Hey. Oh, were you waiting on even... that one, Mark, or did you just say No, I should have said goose note? because she's a bird, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Anivia. Thank you for listening. Very exciting stuff. Burb. This egg is scrambled. That's what I should have said. Sorry. <laughs> Quick, quick, edit, edit it. That'll okay. be the first thing you yeah. said. So join us next week when we get to talk about The Dark Child, Annie.